Hello and welcome to Dr. Jones's Veterinary Secrets Podcast. This is episode 103. In today's podcast, seven natural remedies for epilepsy in dogs, kidney failure in cats. Focus on lowering this one ingredient, a new and effective treatment for skin allergies and hotspots. Dr. Jones's Veterinary Secrets is on all your favorite podcast apps, including Spotify, iTunes, and Stitcher. I'd love it if you would subscribe to my podcast and leave a review. Questions or comments, feel free to post a comment about this podcast on my blog at www.theinternetpetvet.com. I encourage you to get a copy of my new free book. It's called Natural Health for Dogs and Cats, in which I share the most important foods to keep your pet healthy and naturally treat disease. You can get your copy here at www.veterinarysecrets.com. Seizures in Dogs, Seven Natural Remedies. If your dog has epilepsy, then you should be really looking at some of the alternative remedies for treating seizures. Conventional treatment typically consists of two veterinary drugs, phenobarbital and potassium bromide, which both have numerous side effects. A seizure is defined as abnormal muscle activity as a result of uncontrolled messages from the brain. There is a sudden, brief change in how your dog's brain is working. When the brain cells are not working properly, your dog has the physical changes called a seizure. Seizures can be classified as either grand mal seizures or localized. Grand mal seizures, they affect your dog's entire body. Generally, the legs are extended and paddling and the head is rigid and extended. They may go through cycles of being stiff then relax. Some dogs may lose bowel and bladder control and if the seizure occurs at night, this is all you may see, just a pile of urine in the morning. Localized seizures affect only certain areas of your dog's body. Typically, you may see their head shake or their jaw chatter. In the majority of cases, the cause of the seizure is unknown and it's then called epilepsy. Some of the other possible causes include cancer, such as a brain tumor, infections, brain trauma, poisoning, low blood sugar, hypothyroidism. Your veterinarian can discuss a variety of diagnostic tests. The age at which the seizure starts will usually give you a fairly good idea as to the underlying cause. For pets less than one year of age, most are caused by brain infections, such as meningitis. Some dogs, though, will develop epilepsy as puppies. For pets between the ages of one to five, the most common diagnosis and seizure causes epilepsy. If your pet has his first seizure over the age of five, then the more common cause to be concerned about is a brain tumor. So what are some of the natural holistic options? Number one, the Atkins diet. There are reports that show a marked link between diet and seizures in dogs. One human study showed a marked reduction in seizure activity with patients on the Atkins diet. Every seizuring dog should at least try a commercial hypoallergenic diet for 12 weeks. Most alternative practitioners are strongly advising a holistic diet, naturally preserved, minimal carbohydrates, high animal protein, high fat. Number two, MCT oil. A diet rich in medium chain triglycerides, that's MCT, can help control seizures in dogs with epilepsy when used as an adjunct to veterinary therapy. There is now research that is being used by Nestle Purina in the development of a commercial diet to help nutritionally manage dogs with idiopathic epilepsy. There's no standard MCT oil dose, but extrapolated from people, it would be about one teaspoon per 10 pounds of body weight twice daily. What you wanna do is start with about half that amount as it can lead to diarrhea, then work your way up. 
Many adults are taking upwards of four tablespoons twice per day. The big thing here is that you're actually getting your dog to go into ketosis, a ketotic state, and these ketones are an alternate energy source for the brain. So when that happens, uh, then we see far less seizure activity. And this is in part tied with the first recommendation I'm going with the Atkins type diet, the high protein, high fat, virtually no carbohydrates. Number three, medical marijuana, primarily CBD oil. CBD is a primary component of the cannabis plant. It's non-psychoactive, meaning it doesn't produce the high commonly associated with marijuana. CBD is currently being used by many people and animals who are seeking an alternative form of therapy without the unwanted side effects of typical drugs. Right now, there's compelling research that has shown that CBD may both inhibit seizure activity and the severity of seizures. Study results have pointed to CBD being a really big potential therapeutic value. Studies also indicate that the use of CBD in conjunction with certain other anti-seizure medications may enhance the anti-convulsant effects of those drugs. Furthermore, studies are showing that chronic use of CBD does not show any negative side effects and doesn't induce tolerance. When we're looking at CBD doses for animals, we're looking at a standard starting dose of three milligrams per 10 pounds of body weight daily. You can safely go up to five times that if your dog is not responding. And for many, many dogs, a combination of one, uh, changing out their diet to no carbohydrates, two, incorporating MCT oil, and three, adding in CBD. Those three things for many of these guys are allowing them to get off some of the conventional anti-seizure medications. Number four, acupressure. There's one acupressure point that can be very helpful. It's called the GV26 point. And in some cases it can help to immediately stop a seizure. It's where the nose meets the upper lip immediately below the nostrils. This is a key one for CPRs that can trigger your pet to breathe and also for seizures. You wanna hold that point for one minute during a seizure. Number five, the essential fatty acids. They may help potentially decrease brain inflammation. But here though, you wanna have higher doses and therapeutic levels of the EFAs. The dose being 1,000 milligrams per 10 pounds of body weight daily. I was just using krill oil as it has a higher percent of the anti-inflammatory omega-3 fatty acids, EPA and DHA, and may better cross the blood-brain barrier. My supplement, Dr. Jones's Ultimate Omega-3 for Dogs and Cats, has a dose of 500 milligrams per 20 pounds of body weight daily. It's available at www.theomega3supplement.com. Number six, choline. It's being used for certain human nerve disorders. It helps make a nerve chemical called acetylcholine. A specific choline product that can help seizures in dogs is called colidin. It can be given with conventional medication at a dose of one to two pills daily for a small dog and two to four pills given daily for a large dog. Number seven, magnesium. This is kind of a newer one and I wanted to really highlight this as part of the podcast. There are a number of case reports of seizures being controlled with magnesium supplementation in people. There's one recent study called a study on magnesium. We hypothesize that magnesium supplementation can reduce seizures in people with epilepsy. The hypothesis, it tested whether or not controlled randomized supplementation and if it actually made a difference with refractory epilepsy. So far to date, they're actually getting some positive results. And I see every reason to believe that we can transfer some of these same results onto our dogs. And there's a real good reason why. I mean, magnesium is very safe, very inexpensive. If you've got a dog with epilepsy, I encourage you to try it as well. It's being used in people as a sleep aid, so it can calm your hyperactive dog. It is also used as a laxative at higher doses, so you want to start slowly. Here are some suggested doses. 
I was just using the magnesium citrate, 400 milligram capsules. The dose for a dog that's zero to 10 kilos at zero to 20 pounds, one capsule every second day. 10 to 20 kilograms, that's 20 to 40 pounds, one capsule per day. More than 20 kilos, more than 40 pounds, two capsules per day. Currently my brother's dog, Angus, he has epilepsy and he's now being maintained on the sort of modified Atkins diet. He's got additional MCT oil, he's on the CBD oil as well, he's now on magnesium. And those four things are helping control the seizures. Kidney failure in cats, you should be focusing on lowering this one ingredient and no it's not protein. We're thinking up to 30% of cats can get diagnosed with CRF, um, so you really need to be aware of it. And look at some of the alternative options, maybe help delay the onset of it and hopefully even prevent it from happening with your cat. One of the signs your cat is drinking more water, urinating more often, he or she may be losing weight, specifically loss of muscle mass as the kidneys lose protein. As the kidney failure advances, your cat may become weak due to anemia. What are the causes? There's a decreased appetite, due to a buildup of toxins in the bloodstream. In the advanced cases, your pet will become dehydrated and completely off of food. In some pets, kidney disease can cause elevated blood pressure, which can affect the eyesight. If your cat has kidney failure, most veterinarians are gonna advise that you place your cat on a low protein diet. Yet to date, there are no studies showing that restricting protein will prevent further deterioration of kidney function. In fact, some of the veterinary cat specialists now are now advising to not restrict protein. They're advising to maintain protein levels and restrict phosphorus because this is a nutrient and animal protein that is damaging the kidneys. So what are your solutions? First of all, fluid, fluid, fluid. The most important thing that you can do for your pet with kidney disease is to maintain adequate hydration. Offer lots of fresh water, you know, get your cat off of that kibble, get your dog off of that kibble. For cats, make the switch to canned food. Think about making your dog your cat's food at home. Learn how to give subcutaneous fluids to your dog or cat. And I've actually got a specific video on YouTube, and I'll link to that YouTube video that shows you exactly how to do it. Your veterinarian can also show you exactly how to do it. I had many clients in practice. We're doing this once or twice a week. It was easy to do, and most animals respond really well to it. Probiotics, Azadil, it's a natural probiotic which metabolizes and flushes out uremic toxins in the bowel. They slow down uremic toxin buildup in the blood, helping prevent further kidney damage. The Azadil dose is one capsule per 10 pounds of body weight daily to a maximum of four capsules per day. Phosphorus reduction. So there's a couple different options for this here. So in the early stages of kidney disease, this is the single biggest mineral which is damaging the kidneys. The idea is we wanna like decrease the amount of phosphorus in the diet, preserving the remaining kidney cells. You wanna be feeding a diet lower in phosphorus. The big way to do this is feeding like a slightly, you know, a senior type diet so it's slightly reduced in protein but then add in something that's going to bind the phosphorus. So I'll give you a couple of options. There's one called ALOH or aluminum hydroxide. It's a phosphorus binder. It's tasteless, can be mixed with food. We're looking at doses of about a quarter of a teaspoon per 10 pounds of body weight daily. There's another one product called Epicatin and it actually comes from the ground shells, ground mussels. In it it's got a product called Kytosin. It also has, has calcium carbonate in it. So the calcium binds
lines of phosphorus, restricting phosphorus. And the chitosan also seems to play a role in terms of decreasing uh, urea creatinine, the two waste products uh, of the kidneys that can make your dog, your cat really sick. So epicatin, that's another really good option. Something even easier, just add in calcium carbonate. If you have eggs, you can dry out that eggshell, put it in the oven for 10 minutes, cook it, then grind it really fine in a coffee grinder. And when you do that, you're gonna have calcium carbonate, which is a really good way to easily add in a supplement that's gonna bind the phosphorus. The average amount would be about 500 milligrams, which is about a quarter of a teaspoon per 10 pounds of body weight twice daily. Lots of guys get really ill, so you wanna be considering an antacid, especially as the kidney values urea creatinine build up. And these are the toxins that the kidneys are filtering out of the blood. When they don't work, the toxins build up in the blood system, your pet feels sick. Famotidine, sold under the brand name Pepsid, is a really safe over-the-counter antacid, works really well in our animals, dogs and cats. The average cat dose is about a quarter of a tablet, 2.5 milligrams per 10 pounds of body weight, once or twice daily. Another really, really last sort of concluding one, a bit of a newer remedy, is called Slippery Elm. It's been shown to be very effective in our animals with chronic kidney disease, helping them deal with this upset stomach that results in kidney failure. It's got no known side effects, it's tolerated really well, especially in cats. A typical cat dose is one 400 milligram capsule per day sprinkled in their food. It can also be used in our dogs. It's also one of the big key remedies for any of the animals that have vomiting, vomiting diarrhea, such as inflammation bowel disease. Lastly, this is a brand new remedy for dog itching and dog hotspots. So what is an allergy? It's just a state of overreactivity or hypersensitivity of the immune system to an allergen. Most allergens are proteins from plants, insects, animals, or foods. Exposure to the allergen, usually on multiple occasions spanning months to years, this sensitizes the immune system. And in some cases, the immune system just doesn't react appropriately. It overreacts, causing all the itching and the scratching. You know, normally immune system protects your dog, your cat against infection and disease, but with allergies, the immune response can actually be harmful to the body. Most reactions involve the allergy protein molecules. They combine with antibodies in the blood, then they attach to a type of cell called a mast cell. It degranulates, it leaves some of its granules in the skin. They release histamines, causing local inflammation such as redness, swelling, itching. What are some of the signs and symptoms of allergies? In dogs, the most common symptom associated with allergies is itching and the skin localized in one area or generalized might involve you know licking of the paws licking of the feet licking of the tail itching scratching it licking of the groin hair loss then some of these guys will have recurring ear infections some guys will have recurring eye infections the big overarching symptom though is this chronic itching a very large number of substances they can act as allergens. Most are proteins of insect, plants, or animal origin. But just about anything. So you can think of outdoor pollen. You can think of indoor house dust mites. Just about anything that the immune system gets sensitized to, it can react to, cause the hist cause the mast cells to release histamine, cause all that itching and scratching. There are an array of different veterinary options, and I've discussed many of those on the podcast. There's a new one here, which actually which is a really good localized option for a couple different skin conditions. So if your dog just has, say, a low, or your cat has a localized area of skin inflammation where it's red, super itchy and painful, but it's not affecting all their body, this is a good option. Or if your dog is to have a condition called a hot spot, that's a local area of infected skin. In it, typically the skin is moist, it's red, oozing and painful. 
most of the time it's secondary to an allergy. So what you want to do is treat these topically. It's far better to treat them topically than it is to treat stuff orally. A really good combination, a number of different pet parents are finding works really well, includes coconut oil, which is antibacterial, anti-inflammatory, helps restore some of the skin oils. And the second one is ACV or apple cider vinegar. It's antibacterial, and it's especially helpful as being an antifungal for yeast. Many of the dog's skin infections, they have yeast as the underlying cause. So what we're doing is we're combining these two remedies. So we're gonna take three tablespoons of coconut oil, two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar, mix them really, really well. And then you can just keep that at room temperature. And when you're doing is you're applying a quarter of an inch over the affected area, two to four times a day for seven to 10 days. And I've had some really good feedback from lots of different dog and cat parents have said it's been really effective for their animal. So thanks you guys so much for listening to this edition of the Veterinary Secrets Podcast. It's Dr. Jones. That was episode 103. I put all the podcast episodes up in the blog at www.theinternetpetvet.com. I'll put some of those links under the description of the podcast episodes. Feel free to either leave a comment here in the blog and or send me an email. That's a podcast at veterinarysecrets.com. Once again, thanks for listening. It's Dr. Jones.